G'day mate, 40 here, hanging out at uh, Sydney Airport, had a great way to begin the, the morning, so looking up uh, Apple News, the top story on my Apple News Plus, they lost best friends, they became hypervigilant, they felt guilt, the kids, now teens, who survived Sandy Hook, and so just because you survived a mass shooting, just because you survived a genocide, just because you survived a holocaust doesn't mean that you have special wisdom to impart. <laughs> so there's this widespread notion in the news media that if you, you, know, you survive something awful, then you have special wisdom to impart. And it's not true. There's nothing about surviving a tragedy that gives you special wisdom. Now, some people may derive special wisdom from surviving a tragedy but it's not inherent in the process, right? Holocaust survivors are not better people, wiser people, more clear thinking than anyone else. Some Holocaust survivors are, and some Holocaust survivors aren't. You know, some kids who survive a school shooting are endowed with you know, special clarity and wisdom and purpose, but uh, many are not. There's nothing inherent in the act of surviving a tragedy, surviving a shooting, surviving something awful that uh, inherently endows you with wisdom. And there's nothing inherent about studying tragedy, whether it's Holocaust or another genocide or school shootings or homelessness. Right? There's nothing inherent in studying tragedy or bad things that uh, gives you special wisdom either. Right? Holocaust survivors, Holocaust scholars, you know, scholars of school shootings, scholars of cancer, you know, are not necessarily you know, any better, any wiser, any more clear about the great issues of life than anyone else. So I just noticed this trope in the media, that they survived Sandy Hook, that they survived this, they survived the Rwandan genocide. And that's a fantastic human interest story, but there's no inherent wisdom that accompanies survival. Some people experience you know, a very difficult situation and they do accumulate wisdom from it, but many do not. So we don't need to you know, give special status as far as moral merit to people who survive tragedies. And we don't need to impute moral merit to those who study tragedies, right? You do not become a better person because you read a book on the Holocaust do not become a better person because you watched a documentary on homelessness. You don't become a better person because you read a book on the opioid crisis. Now, it may lead you to becoming a better person, but it's not inherent in the process. So, that's story number one I wanted to tackle. All right, Wall Street Journal. Ukraine's special weapon. You have any idea what Ukraine's special weapon is? It's ordinary people spying on Russian forces. Locals help Ukraine target troops occupying Kherson, highlighting one of Kiev's advantages in the war. Well, guess what your special weapon is? Right? It's ordinary people who are members of your group. Like if you're Jewish and other members of your group you know, behave well, conduct business honestly, that's a special weapon for your group because non-Jews will have interactions with them, have positive interactions, and will likely think and feel more highly about Jews. 
Uh, if there is a, a threat to the Jewish community, then if ordinary people are alert to those threats, right, that's your community's special weapon. Same with, with blacks or Australians or Muslims or Presbyterians, right? Every group's special weapon is ordinary members of their group. Depending on how they behave, if they are you know, alert for threats to the group, they make a good impression on outsiders, if they lead upstanding lives, if they pay their bills, if they do business honestly, right? that's the special weapon for your group. You can have all the amazing rhetoric in the world about how your group is especially oppressed. Hey, I'm trying to, I'm trying to, trying to do a live stream here, mate. Like, uh, cut out the, the the public announcements, and I'm uh, I'm dropping poles of wisdom here. So, yeah, Ukraine's secret weapon is ordinary people spying at Russian forces. Well, if your group is at war, and uh, you know. Life is conflict. That much of life is conflict. And so we're all engaged in a struggle. So the super weapon for any people is the behavior of ordinary members of your people. Right? If ordinary members of your group behaves well, then the reputation of your group will be improved. And that will make it easier to do business or make it easier to you know, rent an apartment. Uh, it will make life easier in every way. So just a tiny, tiny, tiny number of Muslims have committed you know, massive acts of terrorism. And as a result, you know, Muslims have been tarred you know, with, with a very you know, bad reputation. And when uh, Jews behave badly, then Jews get tarred with a bad reputation. Also, if ordinary members of your community simply alert to threats to your community, then you can inform each other, and you know the smarter members of your community can take steps towards you know warding off those threats. So, yeah, for every group, you know, ordinary members of the group are their best weapon. Right? If uh, if you're black or you're Muslim or you're Jewish or you're Presbyterian or you're Japanese, right? If regular members of your group behave well, behave morally, conduct themselves in business in an honorable fashion, uh, or kind to strangers, or at least polite, then your group will be more esteemed. It's, uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's ordinary people. It comes down to the behavior of regular members of your group, right? The reason that Japanese and Vietnamese and black people and white people and southerners and Jews and Koreans and Muslims and Presbyterians have the reputations that they do is because of the behavior primarily of ordinary members of their group. Man, I'm trying to do a high quality live stream here. Why, that, why can't they call it with the announcements? Right, looking at an interesting article in The Atlantic, the crunchy to alt-right pipeline. Those living on the fringe of the left and the right share more in common than you might think. Yeah, they're living on the edge. Right? They're living on the fringe. They are marginalized people. Shocking, marginalized people are particularly prone to participating in marginalized movements. So I don't know what how you go about life, but uh, I have a 7 a.m. flight and 
I got to the airport just after 5 a.m. So it's a domestic flight, but I like to be early. So I was flying to Australia from L.A. I think I got to the airport like more than three hours early because I am a different person when I'm on time. When I am on time, I feel cool, calm, and collected. Now, I am at ease, and I tend to treat people better. I tend to think more clearly. But when I get activated, right, when, when fear kicks in, and I feel that I need to rush, and I need to make a decision quickly, right, when I get under pressure and tension, then I start making a lot of mistakes. I start treating people just purely instrumentally. Uh, I you know, get desperate. So it's really important to me to avoid being hungry, angry, lonely, tired, and late. <laughs> if I can arrive early, have the, the water, the food, you know, the sleep, the exercise that I need, you know, money in the bank, right? I'm going to behave, you know, much more calmly and make you know, much better decisions than if I rush. Okay, the crunchy to alt-right pipeline. So on Twitter and TikTok over the past few weeks, how about them cowboys? Yeah, they just barely just barely survived Houston Texans. So they're 10 and 3. They just uh, signed wide receiver T.Y. Hilton. They lost their great right tackle for the year, Terrence Steele, but they're getting Tyron Smith back. So I presume on Sunday against Jacksonville they're going to slide Tyron Smith into left tackle. They're going to move Tyson Smith to left guard and they're going to start, uh, is it Jeremy Peters, the 40-year-old bloke from Philadelphia? They're going to start him at right tackle. So they could have, like, you know, three of the greatest offensive linemen of the past 10 years starting on Sunday. Okay, Twitter and TikTok over the past few weeks, scores of users have become alarmed about the uncomfortable coziness between the natural food and body community and white power and militant right online spaces, the crunchy to alt-right pipeline. Well, what do these things have in common? Right? These are marginalized communities, marginalized people. Everyone needs to feel important. Right? Everyone needs to feel special. Right? And so if you don't get to feel special through your job, right? if you don't get to feel special through you know, your educational status, if uh, you don't get to feel special through making live streams, right? We all need to feel special. So some people get tattoos. <laughs> Look forward, always knowledgeable on any topic. Well, kind of runs in the family, like the, the absurd level of confidence in my family when we pronounce on things. So I just met up with a friend from childhood. I hadn't seen him in 11 years, but you know, I was... I was filled with like 20 different topics that I wanted to talk to him about and propose my ideas on all these different areas. So there's a, an absurd level of confidence that the Fords have with their opinions. And this level of confidence is not always justified, but I do bend over backwards, I think, more than your average streamer, you know, pointing out you know, what my level of knowledge is on a particular topic, and, and usually it's, it's fairly slender. So I'm just giving an impression. But, uh, yeah, some people embrace, you know, a crunchy lifestyle, right? That makes them feel special. Some people, you know, embrace tattoos or a sports team. We, we all need to 
do something to, you know, attach to something that transcends ourselves. Uh, we all have a hero system. And so for many people, like eating naturally is their hero system, right? If you avoid food additives, if you avoid food dyes, if you decline or space out your childhood, you know, vaccinations, you know, if you're, you know, eating, you know, granola and, you know, trying to eat, eat healthy, then, uh, then you know, that's where you can get much of your meaning in life. Because I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist and they're very, you know, health obsessed. Now, unfortunately, that health obsession destroyed my life because I was raised vegetarian. It had horrible health consequences for me until I started taking my my beef organ capsules every day. Right? Uh, I just you know walked around weak and prone to depression. So the health reform message, the health conscious message was just devastating to my life and to many other people. Like many people have gone vegetarian and found that it leaves them weak and depressed and they don't have the strength and the energy that they used to have. Okay, so back to the Lucasphere. Cranky News Giza Lionel Nation says 48 hours of news is blasted to us every 24 hours. Well, there are a lot of choices, but uh, if it's blasted at us, that's only because we leave ourselves wide open to it. But I don't watch, with rare exceptions, TV news. And I have notifications silenced on my phone, so my phone doesn't ping and vibrate, and I find it like really annoying when I'm around people whose you know, phones are constantly pinging and vibrating and dinging and donging. Who needs that? I like my peace and serenity. So I don't feel like the news is blasted at me. I consume it at leisure over a nice, comfy protein bar. Now, when I'm sitting by Sydney Harbour, you know, with a gorgeous view of the Sydney Opera House, and the sun's shining, and the birds are singing, and the Australian water dragons are slithering by. So I don't feel like uh, there's a garden hose of, of news that's being directed my way because I'm, I'm very careful about where my attention goes notifications are off on my phone I don't have like the TV operating in, in the background so I appreciate my peace and quiet now there are a plethora of news sources available to us I just think that's great so we had people in the Ku Klux Klan movements, neo-Nazis, skinheads Christian identity members other militant right activists deploying crunchy issues as part of their wider articulation of cultural identity. Yeah, it's not surprising that people on the margins would be attracted to other marginalized issues like fluoridation in water. Right? I grew up a Seventh-day Adventist, and Seventh-day Adventism is essentially a conspiracy theory. And that all the world's governments are going to institute national Sunday laws and make uh, Sunday the holy day and going to implant the, the mark of the beast on our foreheads and that we'll have to run for the hills. Seventh-day Adventists are supposed to live outside of cities because cities are dens of iniquity. And I grew up in a conspiracy theory and unsurprisingly, Seventh-day Adventists are particularly prone to conspiracy theories. Like a lot of wackos have come out of the Seventh-day Adventist movement like David Koresh. And I think some people would regard my father Desmond Ford as uh, wacky. 
So Seventh-day Adventists have, have like two major reputations, right? One is, you know, a lot of weird, wacky cults develop in and out of the church. Then two, like, they have a reputation for being healing, nurturing, you know, kind people. So these two reputations sound opposite. Look, God forbid you're eating incorrectly, may have hurt you as a young man. That suffering gave you awareness and wisdom. There's always a trade-off. Yeah, that's true. Right? All, all those years of uh, suffering and weakness, I, I think I did gain something from it. I, I think I gained an empathy for the vulnerable and a desire for an you know, orderly community, an orderly life, uh, an orderly nation, so that it's not wild and unpredictable. Like when you have this very keen sense of vulnerability from chronic illness, it does you know, tend to help you be more sensitive to certain issues. So it certainly had a profound effect on my worldview. Okay, so you know, the, the far right and far left often unite around organic farming, a macrobiotic diet, neo-paganism, anti-fluoridation. Yeah, so many Seventh-day Adventists I grew up with. Enjoy the apricot skies of Australia until January 2023. Love the access dispenser given by the provider undergatherer leading forward. <laughs> yeah, Richard Spencer and his cohorts are consistently interesting. Got to give them that. Yeah, so anti-fluoridation, that was like a big part of my Seventh-day Adventist upbringing. Not not in my home, but there are a lot of people you know around me who thought that you know fluoridation was essentially uh, of the devil. So why is there this crunchy to all right pipeline, or why is there this coziness between the radical right and the radical left? Yeah, because marginalized people tend to be attracted to marginalized movements, and people need to feel special. And so people will adopt practices, adopt dress, you know, drop, you know, adopt you know, modes of thinking or speaking that enables them to feel special. So uh, Hitler and the Nazis found that uh, ex-communists made the best Nazis. But they were quickly able to convert people who were communists to the Nazi cause because you're appealing to you know, people with a similar extremist tendency. So some political scientists suggest the horseshoe theory. So you've got the center at the rounded top of the horseshoe and then the two fringes on either end of the horseshoe. Okay, you know, one left, one right. But then the fringes often have you know, a great deal in common. Yeah, survivalists, right? They tend to be on the left and the right. Yeah, people particularly dedicated to the environment like Mother Earth News, this alternative lifestyle publication all about organic gardening. And most of its issues were championed by the left, but uh, many white power activists used its classified sections to find one another, such as Robert Matthews, the leader of the white power terrorist group, The Order. Also in Idaho, you'll find many teepee dwelling hippie communities, alternative lifestyle followers, outdoorsmen, fundamentalist Mormons, survivalists, and you know, people associated with you know, far-right ideas of white purity. 
So what unites these people, ideas of purity, interest in survivalism, and a deep distrust of government and uh, homeschooling. Right, people on both the, the left and the right, the fringes, particularly interested in homeschooling, as well as you know, many healthy regular people. Uh, midwifery, right? Many people on the far left or the far right are particularly into midwifery, anti-technology, anti-fluoridation, anti-vaccination. Right? These things tend to connect the far right and the far left. Right? The Sierra Club was against uh, fluoridation. Okay, I want to go watch the World Cup, right? Morocco's playing France. Talk to you later.